I'm going to be honest with you. This episode is pretty vulnerable with what I'm going to be talking about on this episode, which is just a current challenge, just like all the other challenges that I have faced. In fact, I've faced this specific challenge many times as a parent of four kids, four complex kids with various degrees of complexity. Yet nevertheless, I find myself sometimes stuck under a blanket of shame, unable to move. And I was thinking about this when I was deciding to record this episode on this particular topic, something just as simple as hard mornings, difficulty getting out the door, difficulty keeping track of time. These are all things that are challenging for many parents, particularly those of us with more complex kids. And what I'm going to talk about in this episode is exactly how to kind of reorient myself because when I'm in stuck in shameville, I'm disoriented, I'm lost, and I'm hopeless, just drowning in shame. But when I can move over into kind of really thinking, reflecting, and yeah, maybe experiencing the guilt around my actions, I can start seeing things more clearly. What actions have I taken or not taken that have led to this difficult time I'm having once again when it comes to mornings. And the reality is I'm not a bad mom. I know that. I'm not a bad person. I know that. And I also know once I get into this clearer mindset that I have found a way through this exact same problem countless times as I'll talk about in this episode. So listen in. I really hope it gives you some insights into how I pull myself out of a place of stuckness. This is Certified Parent Coach Bevan Walters, and this is a 3D Parent Podcast. Hello, 3D Parents, and welcome to episode number 90, an episode that I have titled My Biggest Parenting Struggle. So I had a lot of topics I considered recording for this first episode following my 3D Parent Bootcamp, which I released this past weekend, episodes number 84 through 89. And I thought, gosh, what topic should I cover next? And so many ideas were flowing through my head, but the topic ultimately chose me. And that is the topic of tough mornings. This is not the first time that I have covered this topic on the podcast. In fact, Episode number six, I entitled Morning Mayhem, and I talked that early on in my podcast about struggles that parents frequently have with tough mornings, and I gave a lot of advice that I still stand by to this day, but I decided to talk about this topic of mornings and tough mornings and various struggles that we experience as parents, particularly those of us parenting complex kids, kids with ADHD, anxiety, high sensitivity, sensory processing disorder, autistic spectrum disorder, kids that just are a little bit more complex and challenging to parent. For those of us for whom that is our reality, mornings are consistently and frequently challenging. And that is the same for me and my household as well. I chose this topic yesterday, actually, because I had a really rough morning with my youngest. And then as soon as I got back from dropping off 
my two youngest kids at their school, I received a message from one of the members of my membership community, the 3D Parent Village, reaching out saying, oh, we're struggling with mornings again and some school resistance. And then later on that evening, I received another message from yet another village member with struggles with her child resisting going to school. And I thought, you know what? I think this is the topic that wants to be episode number 90. The other reason I decided to choose this particular topic is it's a great one for me to demonstrate how I apply the 3D parent approach to solving a parenting dilemma or problem that I am struggling with as a parent. Also similar to the way that I coach my parent coaching clients through problem solving things that they are dealing with. Thinking that in doing so, I could give you more insight following up from my boot camp episodes. I could give you some more insight into how I actually put that model into practice. So here we go. First, a little bit of background. This is my 20th year as a parent and challenges with tough mornings is not new to me. I have during various stages of my parenting in different ages and stages of my kids have come up upon many times in which the morning routine, getting the kids transitioning from home out of the house to preschool or school has been challenging. And I have tried so many different strategies, many of which have been very successful for periods of time. I have used things like a visual check sheet on a clipboard. I have used lots of connection and connect before direct strategies, a strategy that I talked about on my episode number 89, Dignity and Discipline Part 2. I have used lots of tools, alarms, the device that goes by the name of A, which I will not mention right now. Otherwise, she will think I'm talking to her right now. But she gives us automated reminders and alarms about, oh, about 30 minutes before it's time to finish eating breakfast. So get get going downstairs so that we can start our breakfast. And then another reminder going off 10 minutes before breakfast should be getting finished. Another reminder saying, oh, it's time to clear the dishes and transition to brushing teeth and putting on shoes and so forth. That I've used as well. I have used mini motivators, little teeny tokens or rewards. I've used things to look forward to once we transition to the car. I have used, I think my favorite example was when my three oldest kids were at various stages. I think at that point I had a middle schooler, an elementary schooler, and a preschooler. And getting to school on time was a challenge for us at that time also for various reasons. All three kids struggled with this, but my youngest of those three, it was because transitioning out of the home separation caused a lot of anxiety for her. And so she had her own unique struggles. So I used to kind of jokingly and playfully say, okay, come on, whoever's ready first is going to get a trophy at the end of the year. And I always said that. And of course, the big kids knew I was just being silly and and joking and playful. My third born was 
pretty literal in her thinking. She was about four or five years old at the time. And she's like, well, what's a trophy? And why would I get a trophy? And what's the trophy going to look like? And I was just very fun and colorful and descriptive. And as the year went on, I would oftentimes refer to, oh, who's ready first? You're ready first. You're going to win the trophy. Again, always very playfully. But again, I was dealing with a child who still had pretty literal thinking. And lo and behold, it was the last few weeks before school was over. And I was talking about this trophy. Who's going to win the trophy? And it occurred to me one day, I got to get myself a trophy. And so I did. I went online and I ordered a trophy that looked very, very impressive. And I had engraved on the little plaque on the bottom, ready on time, like the winner of the ready on time award or something like that. I can't quite remember. My daughter, who's 11 now, still has it on display in her room. And on the last day of school, I presented her with this trophy. We took a picture. We all celebrated. It was super fun and silly. But I talked about that trophy, the award for being ready first so frequently that I finally had to actually produce the trophy. And I did. And it's one of our fun family memories. But again, always related to the struggles of mourning for my household. All of these strategies have worked until they stopped working. Very, very frequently, I would problem solve whatever was causing the struggles with mourning and things would go great for a while. And then something else would come up for a different one of my kids. So I've been at this place frequently and I have somehow found myself there again with my youngest, with mornings being challenging. And what do I do? Well, the first thing I do is I acknowledge that, okay, yeah, things have gotten tough and I allow myself to feel the frustration and all the feelings that surround the fact that here I am in my 20th year of parenting, still with kids who struggle to get out the door on time in the morning. And with a parent, me, who also struggles with this. So at this point, what do I do? I feel my feelings and then I get resilient. I dig down and I gather up all the strength I can muster to go ahead and look at this problem yet again, apply the three Ds and get to the bottom of what might be going on. What are the underlying causes of the struggles with mourning this go round. So that's what I'm going to do now. I am going to apply the 3D parent approach to make sense of and get to the root of what is causing my current challenges with mornings with my two youngest kids. So I talked about in the 3D parent boot camp the D of direction, which is getting our sense of direction first by making sense of what might be going on. I introduced in episode 86, Parenting with Direction, this concept of using three scan the situation questions to kind of make sense of what is going on. And the three questions are super simple. Is it me? Is it my child? Or is it us? Meaning something going on in our relationship. So here I go currently in a struggle with mornings yet again with my youngest, and I'm going to scan the situation. First question, is it me? Is there something going on that has to do with me that is part of this problem with difficult mornings right now? Well, just knowing that I myself struggle with a lot of the things that make mornings difficult for anybody, especially given the fact that I have ADHD myself, I have struggles when it comes to 
time management, time blindness, which is the difficulty sensing the passage of time is something that I have struggled with for my whole life has not gone away. It's something that I've just had to work around and continue to problem solve repeatedly on many occasions, including in my parenting and at morning times, especially. Other things that make it more challenging for me or anybody with ADHD is things involving the executive functions. Keeping track of time is one of them, but also things having to do with planning, organizing, and accessing working memory, which is the ability to kind of hold on to things short term, which includes steps. What are the steps that need to happen right now? That is trickier for a person with a neurodivergent brain. Also, planning as I mentioned, can be tricky, meaning that I don't always remember to plan to set myself up for success. So that can happen with me and it is happening again right now, I admit it. Another thing, motivation. Motivation can be tough for people with ADHDs, meaning I know how to do this. I teach it. I work with clients and help them problem solve the tricky mornings all the time. And I've done it for myself and my own family more times than I can count. Nevertheless, Sometimes I lack motivation. I don't feel motivated sometimes to do the things that are going to set me up for success, even though I know they work. That's something that's definitely going on for me right now. Another thing, emotional regulation, which is a struggle for many people, especially people who are neurodivergent. So when I feel stressed and there's a sense of urgency because, oh my gosh, we might be late or about a kid who is not wanting to get dressed or not wanting to eat the food I just prepared. I have a harder time sometimes if I'm not really thinking and conscious with what's going on for me on that emotional regulation realm, I have a tendency to feel stressed and my kids pick up on it. In fact, they can pick on up on it before I'm even aware of it. And I know this because as soon as they stress, as soon as they sense, oh, mom's getting stressed, it sets off a chain of reactions, which looks like them reacting to my dysregulation when I'm feeling stressed, it causes them to become more dysregulated as well. So that's all kind of a nutshell of all the things that are going on for me right now that are not working that I need to answer yes to the question, is it me? But that's not it. Now I'm going to ask, is it my child? Well, I have a household full of complex kids. I have kids who have high sensitivity, ADHD, anxiety, and other challenges like this. So just like mom, they also are impacted by this neurodivergent brain. So planning, organizing, remembering steps is tricky because again, the working memory is impacted by their brain. They also struggle with the same things that I do, including emotional regulations. They can have big mood swings, very, very, they can really vary from day to day. Also, my kids get easily distracted. I don't tend to have this much of this problem in the mornings, although sometimes I do if I am not really like mindful of what's going on around me, but my kids especially get distracted. They might have every intention to do the next thing that needs to get done on the agenda to get out the door, but then they get distracted. They get a little squirrely and they mean to go upstairs, go brush their teeth. And they get distracted by a book on the stairs. Next thing I know, I come around the corner and they're deeply engrossed in a graphic novel when they should have been brushing their teeth. They got distracted. It wasn't intentional. It's just what can happen. 
these things, of course, can be struggles for people who don't have diagnosable conditions like ADHD. However, within my household and a lot of the families I work with, they do have at least some things that look similar to ADHD, but it's not diagnosed ADHD, the high sensitivity, the emotion, the heightened emotions and intensity of emotions are things that they frequently share with me are struggles for them. Also sensory issues. This is less of an issue for my kids currently, except for when it comes to food. My youngest child, the one that I'm struggling with mornings with right now, she has the tendency to not eat much and to not have much of an appetite and to really be cautious around foods that she's not as familiar with. And so that sometimes comes up for her where the food that is put in front of her is something that she doesn't want to eat. And so, or it's not the right temperature or she took too long getting dressed and therefore got cold and she can't handle eating it now and so forth. So sometimes sensory issues around food can be a problem. Sometimes this can be an even bigger issue. It certainly has been for some of my kids in the past, even though it currently is not as much of an issue, but having to do with sensory issues surrounding clothing. Sometimes kids can get really, really triggered by uncomfortable sensations when they put on certain clothing, and that can set off a chain reactions that result in a difficult morning. One of my kids struggled for a period of time, not with necessarily the texture or feeling of clothing, but the temperature, having a really hard time changing from warm, cozy PJs into cold clothes. That was a real struggle. But that's not what's going on for me right now. Just mentioning because they can sometimes be the reason why kids struggle in the morning. Another thing for my kids to think about is time blindness. Just like mom, they also struggle to sense the passing of time. That's definitely going on for my kids. They, you know, oh, I'm just going to take a little longer getting out of bed. And next thing I know, 20 minutes has passed and they haven't even realized it. Another thing that can crop up for my kids from time to time, anxiety. And that sometimes is specifically around school. Some of my kids have struggled during periods of time with separation alarm and school refusal or just resistance, school resistance, which can really cause a big delay and challenges in the mornings can be because of that separation alarm struggle separating from me and sometimes also can be indicative of the fact that school can be a lot of work for certain kids that definitely is in play for my youngest where school is takes a lot of energy for her to get through the day because of having ADHD so Facing that the next morning, oh my gosh, I've got to work really hard again today, sometimes feels really, really hard and overwhelming. And so she resists, like the motivation to get to school is just not there. Even though when she gets to school, she's happy. When I pick her up from school, she's had a great day. It's just knowing, oh, I have to work so hard. It's similar to, okay, you're going to take a jog because you're training to do a half marathon and the morning comes and you're like, I just cannot do it. I do not want to do it. I don't want to do that training run. But you do it anyways. And once you get going, oh, it's great. And at the end of it, you're like, oh, that was fantastic. Can't wait for the next one. And then the next time comes and you're like, oh, gosh, that was really hard. I don't want to face it again. It's similar for kids who are complex in nature. School takes a lot of energy from them. It doesn't mean it's not a good place or it's not a good fit. It just is worth acknowledging that that could be what's getting in the way sometimes of a child and their 
willingness or motivation to get on board with the agenda that certainly is in play with my youngest, whom I'm currently struggling with morning routines. That's part of what is going on for her. The other thing is low motivation around tasks that are boring, that don't deliver lots of dopamine hits. Things like getting dressed, brushing teeth, doing all those things, all the tasks that need to be accomplished to get out the door. Boring, therefore, really, really not motivating for kids, particularly kids who have ADHD, like my youngest. So if it's not fun, she doesn't really want to do it. Or she finds a way to make it interesting and fun by resisting it and causing all kinds of chaos with her siblings or with me or whoever is in charge at that time. So question number two, is it my child? Oh, yes, it is definitely something going on with my child as well. Third question, is it us? Well, given that I said yes to me and yes to my child, there's a really high probability that there's something going on for us within our relationship too, largely because of my first two yeses. So yes, this is true. When I'm getting stressed and my child is dysregulated, I start parenting in a way that is not in line with my intentions. I start barking orders. My voice rate gets louder. I start yelling. I start you know, issu issuing threats. I start breaking all of my parenting rules because I am struggling. And so I'm reverting back to survival parenting, breaking all my own rules, doing all the things that I know to avoid and that are going to be continuing to create a bigger problem. I'm doing it anyways because of the fact that I am struggling and not at this point really focused on solutions. But now I am. So turning a corner. But when I start getting cold, harsh, barking orders, this naturally turns on my child's counter will instinct. She is primed for resistance and I don't blame her. She doesn't have an instinct to follow someone who's not really pleasant to be around right now. She doesn't feel connected in those moments when I am being cold and very directive, even when I'm not being harsh or yelling, just because I'm parenting in a way that makes her feel like, oh, I'm being controlled. She immediately gets resistance and there comes the counter will. So what the problem is, though, is I'm getting more frustrated. I start losing my cool. My emotional regulation goes out the window and I start discharging my frustration on my child, which causes wounding and damage to our relationship. And then she starts reacting and it just gets worse and worse and worse. If I'm not the one that's losing my cool, then no doubt one of my other kids is in reaction to the youngest. So if I'm not losing my cool, then my the next in line, the next oldest does. And there's times when she has even gotten very, very like harsh and parented and, and starts reacting to my uh, youngest in a way that is like a scolding, angry parent. And she's just two years older than her sibling, but she goes into that mode kind of out of her frustration and discharging her anger towards my youngest, which guess what? Doesn't help, doesn't help either. So whether mom is doing it or older sibling is doing it, it's not helping. So what I just did just now, answering those questions of, is it me? Yes. Is it my child? Yes. Is it us, our relationship that's the problem? Yes. Oftentimes it is. If it's not my relationship with my youngest, it's maybe her relationship with her sibling that is part of the problem. 
What I just did besides publicly embarrass myself was I got my sense of direction first by identifying where the problems were when it comes to mornings, where where these ongoing challenges were stemming from. I have uncovered so many things that are driving these problems in both myself and my child in our whole family system. So now I've got a lot to take action on. And honestly, after working through this process, I feel so much more empowered. I feel like, okay, it's not a mystery anymore. I'm not going to be banging my head against you know, the ground any longer. I now know that there are a lot of things to be dealt with now that I've gotten my sense of direction. I am not going to place blame or get mad at anybody. I'm just going to step up to the task of being the nurturing Elsa that is my calling, is my role in the family. And I'm going to take a look at all the things not working and problem solve and collaborate with my kids so that we can get to better, more peaceful mornings. And that's what I'm going to transition to now. Hey there, parents. If you're raising complex kids and navigating the unique challenges that come with it, I've got something special just for you. The 3D Parent Village, your go-to parenting membership community. The 3D Parent Village is not just a membership. It's a supportive community where you can connect with other families who understand the joys and struggles of raising similarly wired children. Hi, I'm Devin Walters, the OG 3D Parent and your guide in this parenting journey. Join me in the 3D Parent Village and let's tackle the challenges together. Inside the village, you'll find access to parent education, group coaching, and an ever-expanding resource library, all rooted in my unique 3D Parent approach. We focus on parenting with dignity, direction, and deep connection. But wait, there's more! With your village membership, you'll also get exclusive access to the 3D Parent on-the-go program. Imagine having a direct line to your own trusted parenting coach right in your pocket. Well, that's what the 3D Parent On-The-Go program provides. Private, personalized, one-on-one parenting support with me through a convenient app. It's like having a parenting coach at your fingertips whenever you need it. So if you're ready to experience a decrease in isolation, frustration, and overwhelm, follow the link in the show notes to get all the details and sign up for the 3D Parent Village. They say it takes a village to raise a child. Never was that saying more true than when parenting a spicy, spirited, outside-the-box child. Come join us in the 3D Parent Village. We've saved a spot just for you. All right, the solutions. So I talked about in my Discipline with Dignity segment, episode number 89, part two, I talked about utilizing proactive discipline anytime you have an area of common conflict. So this is the perfect place to use strategies that are proactive in nature, meaning that I'm now going to set up some routines and structures to manage and deal with and find solutions to our morning struggles. The first thing that I will do to be proactive is I'll take a look at anything in our organizational system that could use an overhaul. If you don't already have a practical designated place for the things that you need in the mornings, like a place for the shoes by the front door, a consistent place where things go after school, like backpacks, lunchboxes, things that you need to have to go to school, coats, jackets, and so forth. 
find a place where those live, a designated space where only the things that you need in the morning live, not like all the coats that you've ever collected, just the coats that you're wearing to school currently, just the shoes that the kids wear to school currently, their backpacks, their lunches, find a place for them. If you don't have a great system for that, that's a great place to start first in terms of being proactive. The next thing you want to do is think about what you can do days before you are actually going to put them into place. And one of my favorite things that I have done before with some of my other kids, but not quite in this way with my youngest, is to create a visual aid for the morning routine. There's no doubt that a well-planned morning routine will reduce chaos and stress for families. There's no doubt. So get back to it. I've done this before. I've created morning routines again and again and again. It's time to kind of rework it and create a new visual aid to help with this. So by visual aid, I just mean I'm going to get to the computer. I'm going to write words. I'm going to get some cute pictures. Even though my daughter is a strong reader, I'm still going to add some interest so that she's going to be more inclined to want to use this visual aid. But it's not going to be overly complex or have too many steps. I'm going to work with my daughter to co-design our morning routine and kind of help her recognize that this is a great strategy to deal with things that are just trickier having a brain that is neurodivergent because we have trouble sometimes remembering the steps in order in which things go. If your child has, if it's age appropriate to add extra challenge or they understand about time or you're wanting to work on bringing awareness to time to kind of counteract that time blindness that maybe your child has like my child I have, it might be helpful to include the time frames in which these different activities of your morning routine take place. I'm definitely going to do that for my daughter because she has a real hang up over time and a lack of understanding about time. So we have gotten a watch and I'm going to be putting timeframes when things are happening on her visual aid so that she'll be kind of doubly challenged to not only go through this visual aid chart, but also to be tracking time using her watch. So I'm kind of killing two birds with one stone there by being able to help bring some awareness around time and using a watch and also using her visual aid schedule to help decrease the chaos in the mornings. I'm also going to set up some automation here. So the check sheet chart visual aid is great, but there's always the chance that she might go squirrel and leave it someplace and forget what she was doing. So I am still going to be building in some automation, which is those reminders, those alarms on the A device in our household or devices. We already have lots of reminders already set, but I'm going to take a look at the ones we currently have set and make sure that I have some that are going to support the activities on her visual aid morning routine check sheet. I will be laminating. We have a little laminator, but you could also, if you're going to do this with your child, put it inside one of those kind of page protectors so that you could use a dry erase marker or a wet erase marker to mark the check sheet each day and not have to have multiple pieces of paper and find them each day. You could have them all on a single clipboard with the check marks with a pen attached to it so they can make the check marks on the front of the chart and clip it up someplace in their room and then 
you don't have to make multiple copies of them. Another thing that we're going to have built into our morning routine at the very, very tippy top of this visual aid is going to be a morning intention. So with my daughter, we're going to come up with something that she's going to say first thing in the morning when she picks up her visual aid chart. She is going to have something that we come up with, something along the lines of today, I'm going to have a peaceful morning. I'm going to follow my morning routine. I'm going to eat my yummy breakfast. I'm going to work with a team with my parents and my siblings to have a nice, peaceful, calm morning. Something along those lines, but she's going to help come up with the words. And then I'm going to put at the very top of her chart so that that will be the first thing she does is she'll set her intention for the day. Okay, so more ideas of things that you can do ahead of time, days ahead of time that can help promote a peaceful morning and decrease the chaos. Meal planning. So again, with your children, co-design the menu for the week for breakfasts and lunch. Collaborate on what the weekly breakfast menu is going to look like. Look like. We want to provide proper nutrition and also decrease the stress of having to decide what to make at the same time. So come for the menus first for breakfast and lunches, what items are needed for those and do that maybe on the weekend, maybe on Sunday at some point so that you can make sure that you have everything you need. Then you will meal prep, which is the next step of meal planning and working ahead of time. Perhaps Sunday would be a great time to do any meal preparation for the week. And that would be prepping any breakfast items, maybe cutting up some fruit, portioning out ingredients, keep things simple and predictable. That's typically best, particularly if you have a highly sensitive child who is sensitive to food. If it's predictable, higher chance that your child is going to not reject the food. Also, if they are part of preparing the food, they're also more likely to eat the food. So on Sunday, you're going to be meal prepping anything that you can for breakfast items and also meal prepping anything you can for their school lunches, pre-cutting up fruits and vegetables, pre-portioning out snacks, deciding what ingredients are needed for the week for lunches. You could even make a handful of sandwiches ahead of time. Doing as much as you can ahead of time is going to be setting you up for more success on every morning following that. I really encourage you to involve your kids in these steps of meal planning and prepping. It will help them become more capable in the kitchen. Kids are way more capable than we give them credit for. Also, it will help them kind of grow this independence and this autonomy in an authentic way. It will give them, like I said, there'll be a higher chance that actually will eat the food that they help prepare. And on top of that, you're getting this extra bonus of connection time with your child when you are doing your meal prepping together. So it's fun time with your child getting a task accomplished, which is a win-win. Okay, now I'm moving over. That was what things you can do well ahead of time, days ahead of time, perhaps on the weekends. Now moving into things that you might do the day or night before to set yourself up for a good morning the following day. You've done all that meal prepping. Now, the day or night before, it's a great idea to do the pack the lunches and the snacks the day ahead of time or as much of it as you can. Same thing, set out whatever you need for the breakfast that you're gonna have the following day. Do that the night before. You also want to take a look at your evening routine. 
Good mornings begin the night before. A lot of kids are sleep deprived. That's definitely an issue for my kids. My youngest has a hard time falling asleep at night. And so she oftentimes wakes up pretty tired. So we're continuing to look at why that is, work with her doctor, come up with solutions to her struggles around sleep at night. You may need to do that with your child as well. I want to stress that consistency and an early enough bedtime is really important and that you also incorporate into your evening routine some type of calming and connected, connecting bedtime ritual or activity of some kind. I'm not going to go into details around evening routines because today we're talking about morning routines. Just want to mention that it's possible you may need to take a look at your bedtime evening routine as well as your morning routine, because both are going to be affecting one another. So they kind of go hand in hand. Also, a part of your evening routine should include reviewing the visual aid chart that you have created. I know that I'm going to be creating one if you haven't done so and you're having tough mornings, maybe give it a go along with me. And in the evening, ahead of time, review that chart, that routine. First of all, you may have to erase the check marks from that morning. So go ahead and do that first and then go through it and figure out, is there anything that I need to gather that I'm going to need to do this particular step? Things like getting out your school clothes, picking out the socks, the shirts, the pants, the uniform. If your kids go to a school with uniforms, whatever it is, do it the night before. Then you can reduce the chaos if they can't find what they're looking for, or they can't find an outfit that they like. They've done the night before. They're already set up to have more success when they get to that item on their chart to get dressed. Make sure also the night before that you have gathered up all the items that they need to go to school. Backpacks are full of the homeworks or whatever items they need to bring to school. Lunches are packed or set out as much as possible. The snacks are in the backpack. And then lastly, you set out the checklist chart someplace that is going to be easy for the child to see first thing in the morning. Now moving on to the actual morning. So all other stuff I talked about were things that you are taking care of before the morning, either days before or that morning. Now moving on to the actual morning, starting first with me, the parent. A peaceful morning begins upon the parent waking up first. Wake up first, parents. If you're waiting till your kids get up, you're already behind where you need to be. Your day is already going to be a little bit tougher. You wake up first and take care of your needs first. If you're going straight to work after kids are getting ready and hop on the bus or you drop them off at school, take care of yourself so you're not trying to do that at the same time you're trying to help your kids get ready for school. So get up first, take care of your needs. That's what I need to do on the days that I'm going to be going straight to my work. I need to be showered, dressed, makeup, whatever. If you're a person who likes to exercise in the morning, make sure it is complete before your kids get up. All that happens before. Then right before your kid's getting up or right before you're going to see them for the first time that day, set your own parenting intention. Remind yourself of your intention, how you're going to stay calm, even if your kids lose it. Think about what you can say to yourself first thing in the morning because parents are responsible for setting a positive morning tone, particularly if you're parenting sensitive kids. They pick up on the slightest bit of an off mood in parents. So we set that positive tone 
and that our kids can hopefully respond to that favorably. And if they don't and they wake up in a mood or they're having some frustrations, that's fine. They get to. But we're going to set an intention not to join our children in chaos, in dysregulation. Next up, a peaceful morning begins upon the child waking up. So now you're all ready to go. You've taken care of your needs and you have set that good intention. And now your child wakes up. Now, depending upon the age of your child, you may be a little bit more, a little bit less involved with your child immediately upon their waking up. If you have a younger child, maybe between the ages of five to seven or younger, or if you have a more highly sensitive child or a child with ADHD, if they're between the ages of seven to nine or younger, they're going to need a little bit more connection upon waking. Kids at that age and stage and emotionally young kids, periods of separation, including at bedtime and throughout the night, can be distressing. So first thing in the morning, being greeted with connection and turning on that great relationship energy is going to be conducive to having a really successful morning. But if your child is a bit older than this, and this is the case with my youngest, who is nine years old, she's more sensitive in nature. So she's had more support from me through the years. But more recently, I've been trying to back off a little bit more of providing too much support getting her out of bed. She's got alarms set. She's got reminders set. She doesn't need me to actually get her out of bed. She has set out her clothes already the night before in most cases. And so she already has set it for success. I have not implemented this visual chart again. So I will be implementing that once we co-create it. And that will be there as well. But she is at the age and stage where she is capable. And she frankly wants to understand and believe and see herself as capable of being able to go through the morning routine more independently with more autonomy. So that's the direction I'm going to take my child. But if your child is younger or emotionally younger, they may need a little bit more of that support, that connection first thing. When my kids come down to the kitchen, I'm already down there. I am already getting breakfast going. And that's where we get to have our point of connection. So I'm not saying don't hug and greet your child. Of course, it's just when that happens and where that happens. Moving on. So now everybody's awake and hopefully everybody is kind of moving on that path towards a successful, peaceful morning because we have set us ourselves up for so much success. And so then when you actually are with your child, either upon their waking, if they're younger, or if they're a little bit older, once they see you perhaps in the kitchen for breakfast, the peaceful morning continues as the parent continues to guide and partners with their child to continue to follow the routine that they created together and continues to lead with connection. Again, like I just stated a few minutes ago, It's up to the parent to set that positive morning tone. So that continues throughout the rest of the morning while you are leading your child through or supporting them as they're leading themselves through those tasks of the morning that you have organized and set out on this chart with them. Another thing that can be really, really beneficial for a successful morning partnership is for parents to continue to use the connect before direct strategies. I talked about this again on episode 89 of my 3D Parent Bootcamp. And so I'm not gonna go into great detail. You can go back and listen to it on episode 89 if you want. But if you're familiar with this strategy or you listen to that already, 
when it comes to the morning, using that connection to try and get my children to kind of take on especially those mundane, boring tasks like brushing teeth, putting on shoes and socks and things like that. If you connect through playfulness, your child is going to be way more motivated to continue to stick with the plan that they have already been working towards. So some ideas for you, playful ideas, just being silly, being funny, cracking jokes, keeping things playful is really helpful. One of the things you can do to be playful is pretend your child is a robot. You can say like, okay, robot kid, take five steps forward and pick up the toothbrush. And you kind of pretend to program them and they do those steps as you are playfully pretending that you're the robot programmer and they are the the robot. So that's an idea to be fun and playful on these mornings to kind of help guide your child through those tougher tasks. You can also pretend to speak in gibberish and see if your child can interpret your directions like beep, 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 and then maybe give some clues by maybe looking in the direction of where the shoes are kept and then say, do you know what I said? And they might be able to decipher, oh, I think you said put on your shoes. You're right. Okay. Once you put those on, I'm going to give you my next direction and gibberish and so forth. Those are some fun, playful ideas to lead through connection. That will be a greater chance that your child is going to be more on board with mornings than maybe they previously have been. Another thing that can be really helpful, similar, and another way to connect with kids is by adding in some extra challenge for those mundane tasks. My youngest child, as I already mentioned, with ADHD, oh my gosh, does she hate brushing her teeth? Oh my gosh, does she hate it? So I make things more fun for her. I will say things like, okay, I'm gonna give you some math problems to solve in your head while you're brushing your teeth and you give me the answer when you're done, or I'll give her a riddle to solve again while she's brushing her teeth. And while she's thinking about it, she kind of forgets she's doing this boring thing called brushing your teeth. You can also increase the challenge by doing things like playing a song and say, okay, let's try and get ourselves all dressed and ready to go by the time the song ends or make it a race. We're going to time ourselves. And then the next day, we're going to try and beat our time, see if we can do it faster today, making it fun, adding challenge. All those things are leading through connection and partnering with your child. And then also you can just use the power of let's. You can just, you don't have to be like circus performing parent. You can just do things together. Let's brush our teeth together. Let's, let's get our shoes on together, doing things together and then keeping pleasant conversations going. Your child is just enjoying doing things with you and connecting with you and will be more likely to be on board again. If you have a child who struggles during certain points of the morning routine, like getting out the actual door into the car or bus, that sometimes is the biggest struggle for kids. Think about what fun thing can await them once they get to the car. Is there a Fun activity that happens only in the car. I There was a period of time where I was introducing my kids to different musicals. We all love musical theater. And so they loved it. We would pick out a new musical. We'd listen to the music. And then I would tell them the story while we listened to the songs. So that was a really fun thing to look forward to that would motivate maybe a less motivated child to get out the door and get into the car because they wanted to hear the next part of that musical. You can also have little mini motivator buying a, you know, box of cheap party favor type little trinkets. They got to find out which one they get to play with that day in the car. And then they can all go into a little pouch. And these are the things they get to play with when they get to the car. That's another way that you can kind of create something to look forward to once they get past that trickiest part. 
for some kids, it's not the getting out the door and into the car. That's the trickiest for my kid currently. But in the past, it has been at the actual point of separation once we get to school. And I know this is a problem for a lot of the parents that I work with. It can be really helpful to create something to look forward to that is some type of an I love you ritual, something that will connect your child to you. There is the idea of giving a you know, special kind of hug or kiss or a secret handshake. You can do the kissing hand if you're familiar with that story. Basically, you can kiss the center of your child's hand and they can kiss the center of yours. And then you both have a kiss to be able to put next to your cheek all day long whenever you miss each other. You can give your child something of yours to hold on to for the day. That could be the thing to look forward to. Or you can give them something that smells like you, your favorite scent, a perfume, a lotion that you commonly wear. All those things can be something that can help a child at the point of separation and give them something to look forward to, a little something novel. So wrapping it up now, in conclusion, I just want to acknowledge that, you know, mornings are tough universally, whether you have a more complex kid or not. This is a time where there can be a lot of heightened stress for families. So give yourself grace. I'm certainly going to give myself some grace around the fact that I have found myself back in a, another tricky moment with mornings with my household. If you have a kid who has sensitivities, ADHD, anxiety, things of this nature, you can just anticipate that mornings will be challenging from time to time. Also want to encourage you to stay flexible. It's great to create a structured routine. As I already stated, that is incredibly beneficial in the long term in terms of your child having success, but also be willing to be flexible. There may be times that you need to accommodate individual needs, things that you couldn't have predicted. In the case of sensory issues, they sometimes come out of nowhere for children. Same thing when it comes to anxiety, when there's a big spike in anxiety for a child. You, you can't always predict those things. So you may need to be flexible at times. I encourage you to not be so tied to your schedule and routine that you cannot attend to new needs that may crop up. You need to address those emotional needs, even if it's going to make you late once in a while. Prioritize your relationship with your child above all else. It's more important than anything else. So prioritize it. It's more important than being on time. Now, if this is a chronic issue, as it currently is in my household, then yes, you need to take a look at this and ask yourself those three questions and figure out where problems are coming from. But if something comes up one day out of the blue, do not forget to be flexible and attend to the needs that are currently being presented from your child. If your child wakes up and they seem really overly tired or not feeling worse or sick, you sometimes have to be flexible and pivot and attend to the needs right then and there. Maybe your child needs a mental health day. Maybe they need a sick day. Maybe they need to sleep in and do a planned late arrival at school because they need to get caught up on some sleep, follow maybe a bad night. If that's possible to be flexible at those times, it may be helpful to do so. You also, if you have a child like mine who struggles with motivation and getting on board with things that are boring, you may want to consider gamifying or incentivizing with the use of mini motivators. Like I said, getting a box of cheap to toys. I got a box of cheap little fidgets to have in the car. And whenever we get into the car and it's before eight o'clock, kids get to have a new one to play with and keep in their little pouch of car fidgets. And that is fun. Novelty is key, especially with our complex kids. So keep it interesting, 
keep it unpredictable, that is a great motivator. Recognize that certain behaviors and challenges may be persistent and take a while to improve for kids. Just accept that. That just may be part of your journey as parent and their journey in maturing. So just recognize that it's not necessarily going to be an overnight fix. Yes, I do think that my visual chart will be successful for a period of time because it has been successful for other kids of mine that have needed that type of visual cue. But I also know it's not going to be the miracle that solves all morning challenges forever. It will work once again until it doesn't. So just like me, you parents need to be prepared to pivot and reassess for problems once again. You may need to revisit your morning routine and make some tweaks to your system, but just don't give up and throw in the towel and revert to the parenting strategies that are not in line with your intentions, much like I have recently. And that's why I am here fessing up and got to do something about it moving forward. Keep in line with your intentions. Keep on reminding yourself of what kind of parent you intend to be for your kids and then match your actions to your intention. Everybody will be better because of that. Everything will go better because of that. And also finally, remind yourself as I'm reminding myself that this is just now. This is not forever. Kids eventually are able to do their morning routines 100% on their own. In fact, I have proof of it in my own household. I have a college-age kid. I have a high school-age kid. They have been doing their morning routines 100% independently since they started high school. They get themselves up. It's too early for me to get up. They have to get up in the five o'clock hour. I don't do that. They get their own breakfast. They get their own lunches at school. And now they even get themselves to school. They're driving themselves. My younger kids will get there too. Everybody will get there. It's all a matter of time and being patient and meeting your kids where they're at currently. And just remembering that this is not forever. This is just now. Find it within yourself to work through and problem solve your tough mornings, just like I have, perhaps with the help of the three Ds. I'll see you on the next podcast episode. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope our conversation has inspired your journey towards building deeper connections with your children and strengthened your resolve to match your parenting intentions with your words and actions. If today's insights resonated with you, the greatest thank you I could receive would be for you to subscribe, rate, leave a review, and share my podcast with others. And for those of you seeking more support with your parenting, consider joining the 3D Parent Village, a nurturing membership community designed for families raising complex kids like yours. Inside the village, connect with like-minded parents, find relief from isolation and overwhelm, and gain access to educational resources, group coaching, and personalized support, all rooted in the transformative 3D Parent approach. They say it takes a village to raise a child. Never was that sentiment more true than when parenting a complex child. So come join us at the 3D Parent Village. We've saved a spot for you.